Somewhere deep in his heart, Toadie Matsu had expected to laugh all of this off, just like they always did. The scene would shift into some kind of detective skit or a true crime skit. They would all act out the parts of officers and investigators, and the performance would end with the discovery that Karamatsu had fallen into a trash compactor or something, while on a heist to steal some diamond-studded trousers. But when everything was done, he'd be okay, because he was always okay, even when he fell off the roof, even when he was pushed over a cliff, even when he was fired on with a rocket launcher. Karamatsu was always okay. So Todimatsu didn't worry when the mother's face paled, or when she called the police. He didn't get angry when she told them that the police would let her know if they arrested or found a body of someone matching the given description, but that they couldn't actively search for a missing adult if there was no reason to believe that his life was in danger. He didn't feel the icy claws of terror close around his heart when he researched missing person procedures and learned the despairing reality of just how often they went unfound. After all, it was only the second day that Karamatsu had been gone, third if you counted the first night he didn't return. Todomatsu posted a picture of himself on all his social media accounts and supplied each with a caption. Please let me know if you see my brother anywhere. He hasn't come home and we're a little worried. Pick is of me, but he looks just like me, except less cute, so yeah. He wasn't really expecting anything to come of it, but it at least gave him the feeling of having done something to help. A couple of agonising days later, someone commented on one of the posts. I think I saw him in the Akatsuka ward area. He... His hopes skyrocketing. Todomatsu expanded the message was walking around screaming about larches, lol, and the bubble burst. Jushimatsu Nisan, Todimatsu said, pulling the fifth son's attention away from the drawings he was scribbling all over Ichimatsu's cast. Have you been calling out for Karamatsu Nisan or something? Jushimatsu nodded. His smile was there, but it felt distinctly superficial. Yeah, he hasn't answered yet, but I'll keep trying. Well, that solved that mystery, but now there was something else kind of bothering him. Ichimatsu Nisan? You know he's mostly drawing dicks, right? Yeah, it's coming off in another week anyway, so it's whatever. They're not dicks, they're cats, Jushimatsu corrected. Todimatsu looked more closely and caught sight of the ears, feet and tails that Jushimatsu was dutifully adding to each and every phallic shape. Ah, oh, okay. He took a breath to continue, then closed his mouth, reconsidered and opened it again. If Choromatsu Nisan asks, I didn't see anything. Sure. He could just imagine the fit that Churomatsu would throw when he caught sight of Jushimatsu's work, and Todimatsu was not going to be held accountable in any way, shape or form. The room's door clattered open abruptly, and Osimatsu stood in the doorway with his hands on his hips and a triumphant smile plastered across his face. Guess he just won it for Chinko, he declared. The younger trio stared, and eventually Ichimatsu reacted. So you're announcing that you have money. You who regularly and openly steals money from us. Do you have a death wish? prepared for those to be your last words. Otimatsu clutched the envelope containing his pachinko winnings against his chest protectively. Hey, come on, at least listen to what I want to use it for. Alcohol? Jushimatsu guessed. More gambling? Todimatsu guessed. Wrong and wrong. Listen and be amazed. Otimatsu brandished the envelope over his head. We'll use this money to hire a private investigator. In the stunned silence that followed, Otimatsu crossed the threshold and took his seat on the floor next to Todimatsu gesturing to his phone. It's not much, so it probably won't get us very far, but let's hire someone to track down whoever sent you those messages. It shouldn't be too expensive just to get a name, and once we have that, we'll have a way to start looking. For a moment, Todimatsu was at a loss for words. The idea that Osimatsu, their spendthrift of a brother, would use his money for anything other than worldly pleasures was almost too much to process. Ah, really? Of course. The eldest slung his arm around the youngest's shoulders. The six of us are one, right? That's what it means to be sextuplets. 
We can't be sextuplets if there are only five of us. A surge of relief and hope swept through Toady Matsu, and he nodded, slowly at first and then empathetically. Let's do it. I'll lend you money too. Me too, me too, Jushimatsu said, springing to his feet. Hang on, I'll go get my wallet. Oshimatsu lifted the hand after the fifth son. Oh, you don't have to right now. Bring mine too, Ichimatsu requested. Ah, what the hell? You guys never trust me with your money so easily. Matsu shrugged away from Oshimatsu's arm with a smirk and followed after Jushimatsu. Well, you're never a reliable brother, so I guess there's a first time for everything. Ultimately, it was their parents who handled the details with the investigation agency. Matsu thought that it was their attempt to take some of the weight of worry off their shoulders. Rest easy and let mum and dad take care of the unpleasant chores, so to speak. But he didn't believe that it was working. Over the next couple of weeks, Jushimatsu's smile began to look wan, and his voice was going hoarse from calling Karamatsu's name day after day. Choromatsu went to fewer idle events, and no matter how long he sat reading a book, it seemed like his bookmark was always on the same page. Ichimatsu's cast came off, but he didn't resume his previous routine of wandering alleyways to leave food and clean water for stray cats. Osimatsu's rambunctious laughter sounded forced, and it dissipated into nothing like a puff of warm breath in cold air. Ordinarily, Todomatsu would spend his days trawling the town alongside a couple of random acquaintances that had nothing better to do at the moment, but somehow the pastime had lost its appeal. In order to occupy himself and to take some of the pressure off of their mother, he began to try his hand at cooking. And it was just because he was bored, not at all because he couldn't shake the feeling that he was partially responsible for Karamatsu's disappearance. That would be ridiculous, because he was clearly absolutely faultless. Although present circumstances did lead him to question that faultlessness just a bit. He'd already failed with the miso soup twice now, and the third try wasn't shaping up to look much better. Hoping for the best, he scooped up a sample of the broth to taste. It was bitter. Again. Todomatsu upended the pot and dumped its contents into the garbage. Why couldn't he get this right? It was miso soup, a staple, something he'd been eating his entire life. If Karamatsu's could taste right, then why... 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 Why couldn't he stop thinking about stupid Karamatsu? By all right, they should have been glad that he wasn't turning up. He was irritating, he was gaudy, he was ridiculous, he was embarrassing, he was socially tone-deaf, he was clingy, he was soft-hearted. He was earnest, he was selfless, he was considerate, he was dependable, he was irreplaceable. Todomatsu? Everything okay? Todomatsu was leaning heavily against the counter, his elbows propped thereupon and his face buried in his hands when Todomatsu's voice cut through the quiet. He swallowed, relaxed his shoulders and straightened his back. Yeah, I just keep screwing up the miso soup. Oh, good timing then, Todomatsu said, and then he stopped and backtracked. I mean, not that you screwed up the miso soup, just about food in general, and... Ugh. He pinched the bridge of his nose. Let me start over. We were talking about going pro, then. Does that sound good to you? Chorimatsu sighed and stepped back from the counter, looking to Chorimatsu with a plastic smile. <sighs> sure. Not like dinner's happening at this rate. Chorimatsu patted the youngest son's arm and exited the kitchen, and Chorimatsu moved to follow. Chippeter! I actually checked the forecast today and I know for a fact we're not getting rained on, so I hope you're ready. Osimatsu's attempt to create a light and jovial atmosphere was as insincere as the grin on his face, but if no one else was going to say anything about it, then Todomatsu figured he should keep his mouth shut as well. Ready for your idiots to pay your damn tab? Chibita growled. I'm serious! I'm cutting you off if I don't see any cash tonight! Osimatsu melted into the counter. Ah, oh, don't say that, Chibita. 
particularly bright right now. Jupiter folded his arms across his chest and narrowed his eyes. So what I'm hearing is, you have absolutely no intention of paying me tonight. I'm sorry, Chibita, Choromatsu said. It can't be helpful now, so could you please add it to our tab? What the hell, Choromatsu? Yeah, Jup. Usually at least you're on my side, damn it. Choromatsu gave no retort, and in the uncomfortable silence that followed, Todomatsu frowned. So much for trying to create a good mood. Before long, even Chibita tired of the sullen feeling lingering around the cart, and he heaved a sigh, passed out plates, and served Odin to each of them. Yeah, he said, rough. Eat up and quit looking like a pack of kicked puppies, damn it. You're making me feel like the bad guy here. What the hell even happened to get all of you so down? We miss Karamatsu Nisan. The voice belonged to Jushimatsu, but it was so choked with heartache that it was only barely recognisable. Todomatsu and Ichimatsu, seated on either side of him, each leaned towards the fifth son and gently squeezed him between their shoulders. Chibita's confused expression begged further explanation, so the eldest took it upon himself to describe the trial his experts were facing, how Karamatsu vanished without a word to anyone, how Todomatsu had been receiving harassing messages that suddenly stopped following the second son's disappearance, how they'd scraped together every yen they could in order to get a private investigator on the case, and how it had already been almost three weeks since they'd seen any trace of their brother. At the end of the story, Chibita frowned, rubbed the back of his head, and sighed once more. You know, he said, his tone careful, almost reluctant. I hate to say this, but it sounds like you haven't considered it much, so I'm just putting it out there. Maybe he left because he wanted to. Maybe the timing with the phone stuff was just coincidence. There's no way that's true, Osimatsu said, a rare streak of genuine hurt lancing through his shout. Why would he do that? There's no reason. Because you all ignore him. Because you don't appreciate him, Chibita offered. Because when he really was kidnapped, your damn idiots were too busy stuffing your faces with pears to care, or even to notice. Hell, if it were me in his shoes, I would have scarped a long time ago. Otimatsu clenched his hands into fists, but he made no further comment. As scathing as Chibita's words were, there was little that any of them could say in argument. Chibita exhaled and continued with a softer tone. Not to say that's definitely what's going on here. It's just an option. No matter what the real reason is, I bet he'll be over the moon when he finds out you've been looking for him. I'll tell the army and everyone to keep an eye out, okay? And I won't put tonight on your tab, so finish eating, go home, and get some rest, you idiots. The sextuplets returned home with their hearts somehow even heavier than when they'd left. It was still early in the evening, especially considering they were goalless neats with nowhere to be the next morning. But when Turamatsu pulled the fushon out of the closet, the others wordlessly began to shuffle around the house to complete their bedtime routines. They were spent, perhaps in such a way that even sleep couldn't fully restore them but being unconscious for several hours sounded like as good a plan as any nonetheless. Todomatsu, however, couldn't sleep. The empty space to his right suddenly felt like a yawning void, creeping ever closer with every intention of swallowing him whole down its toothy gullet as punishment for his transgressions. Todomatsu rolled onto his side and inched a little closer to Osimatsu, but the feeling didn't abate. It haunted him, mocked him. It tormented him with a thousand memories of wishing that Karamatsu wasn't there, that he didn't exist, that he'd disappear. Todomatsu sat up in the futon and leaned to whisper to the lump in the rightmost spot. Ichimatsu Nisan, can you scoot over here? No reply. Ichima, no. What? Why? Don't know. Come on. Hey, what? What's the matter? Otimatsu yawned, rubbing his eye. Todomatsu huffed. I can't sleep, he explained. It just doesn't feel right not having anyone on my right side. But Ichimatsu Nisan says he won't scoot over. Seriously? 
Choromatsu said, roused by the conversation. It's not that big of a deal, is it? Just get it over with so we can all sleep. I said I don't want to. Ishimatsu frowned. Come on, Ichimatsu. Aren't you the only two, laying over there all by yourself? Of course I am! The unexpected shout took them all aback. Ichimatsu sat up and glared at his brothers with fistfuls of blanket twisted in his hands. Of course I am, he repeated. It doesn't feel right to me either. I can't sleep either. But if I take Karamatsu's spot, if I take his spot and he comes home and sees me sleeping in it, his shoulders began to tremble, and as hard as he tried, he couldn't prevent his tears from bubbling up and spilling down his cheeks. He released his death grip on the blanket and moved each hand to clamp around the opposite elbow, bowing his head. I think he doesn't have a place here anymore. Oh, that we don't want him here anymore. Oh, oh. Shit. The murmur belonged to Osematsu. He climbed out of the futon and stepped over towards Ichimatsu, knelt beside him and wrapped his arms tightly around his brother. Ichimatsu pressed his face against Osimatsu's shoulder. He was silent, save for the occasional breathy hiccup that betrayed his crying. Matsu didn't know what to say. From the silence that ensued, it didn't seem that anyone did. Hey, let's make a sign! Jushimatsu's loud voice cleaved through the miserable atmosphere. The fifth son stood beside the futon, his wide grin hopeful and encouraging. Yeah, yeah, let's do it! A soft smile spread on Osimatsu's lips as well, and he patted Ichimatsu's back. Yeah, he said. Let's make a sign. When the Matsuno brothers finally turned in for the night, Ichimatsu acquiesced to Todimatsu's request and moved into the spot usually reserved for the missing second son. Todimatsu held Ichimatsu's hand loosely in his, both for his brother's comfort and his own. Outside, a few sheets of paper were taped together and affixed to the fence that separated the household's yard from the street. A flashlight placed below illuminated their message, written in a mishmash of different penmanships with a thick black marker. Karamatsu-ni-san, please come home. 